This is Finding Joy, the Healthcare Professional's Journey to Well-Being. It's a podcast resource developed by a team of interprofessional education researchers from Washington State University Health Sciences Spokane. They're promoting well-being among students, faculty, and healthcare professionals during challenging times. Funding is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. I'm Doug Nadvornik. Today we're going to explore a Japanese concept called Ikigai, translated as reason for being. For some, it's a philosophy that guides the way they think and act. We'll also talk about burnout in the healthcare workplace and how our guests managed it. With us are Nancy Murphy, a pharmacist by profession and a retired associate dean at the University of Washington School of Pharmacy and Trisha Chung, who is a pharmacist at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. So Nancy actually was my professor, and then she later became a really great mentor. Uh, She uh, mentored me along with a couple of my other classmates and worked with us really closely uh, just because we were all really interested in community outreach and serving like underserved populations. And so she was sort of our... Um, advisor and just kind of guided us along and really helped us like plan events and organize and work with these populations and sort of develop programs with them and work in the community. So our podcast is called Finding Joy, and we're we're here to talk about a concept called Ikigai, which is, I guess, one way of, of helping people find joy in their lives. Um, Could one of you tell me about what Ikigai is all about? Ikigai has been described as your life purpose, being true to your interests and strengths, and living a life of consequence in meeting the needs of others. My grandparents and parents were my first role models of Ikigai, who withstood many hardships in their lives, but yet raised us with optimism and hope. My grandsons are also great teachers. They show me the importance of living in the moment each day, to appreciate the little things, to be in awe of learning and nature, and to forge forward with curiosity, enthusiasm, and gusto. How do you practice it every day? Is it just more of a uh, an attitude about life? Is it something that's closer to, say, meditation? How does it work in your life? Ikigai in my professional life was centered on my work both in healthcare and academia. I think many of us were drawn to the health professions because we wanted to help people towards well-being, And so um, one of the things that I wanted to share during today's podcast was a letter written by a patient's wife to a husband surgeon. It was titled, um, I Never Said Thank You. And it was a very moving letter describing an emergency health event in her husband's life and the life-reaching impact of the care and caring provided. The author had just had a baby and couldn't imagine her life without her husband. She wrote this letter 12 years later because she has never forgotten the surgeon for not only saving her husband's life, but for the compassion shown to her during such a stressful time. She shares the special moments she's witnessed between her and her husband and now two sons throughout the years. The author thinks of the surgeon as integral to this joy and celebrates him every year. I think Surgeon General Murthy once said, medicine and technology may fail, but human connection grounded in love and compassion always heals. And I wanted people to know during the pandemic, 
Through the long hours, the lack of people to help, the isolation, we've lost some of this connectedness. But even though you may not always hear about it, I want them to know the enduring importance and impact of what you do. I used to be on the admissions committee and was told many times by applicants how a particular healthcare provider's actions influence their decision to pursue a health career. The impact of what you do every day creates a ripple effect that affects many others through many ways through time that you may not even realize. Tricia, how does Ikigai work in your life? A big challenge for me was just this idea of healthcare burnout, which you probably have heard. My whole pharmacy department actually had been experiencing the same as well. I really had to take the time to self-reflect and rediscover what really, you know, brings joy and meaning to my own life, this idea of Ikigai. Similarly to Nancy, my own personal joy comes from um, this desire to help people specifically by spreading joy and happiness to others. Um, In this case, my colleague and I, we were inspired to form a spirit committee for our department where our mission was to provide celebration and facilitate connections and to just sort of provide a more joyful work environment. So as a result, we planned various activities for the staff. Um, So we had like ice cream socials and um, we did like Secret Santa and we hosted um, baby showers, work anniversary celebrations, um, retirement parties, um, and also just like staff awards and achievements. It's funny because it's pharmacy week right now. And so we usually do like a lot of food and games and prizes. And um, every year we try to make an extra effort to incorporate like a get to know you trivia game. A popular one that we usually do is a person will share two facts about themselves as well as one false statement. And people have to guess, you know, which one is which. And it's a really great way for everyone to get to know each other. And even after all these years, I'm still learning some fun things about um, my coworkers um, that I didn't know about. So in addition to these, we also plan events outside of the pharmacy. We usually will do like a barbecue bonfire, which everyone usually enjoys. I do remember one of the most memorable ones is one that we did for Valentine's Day several years ago. I, along with the rest of the spirit committee, we had made these little heart-shaped treat bags and attached them to every staff member's locker, and they were personalized with their name. And I just remember like, what was so meaningful about this event particularly was just when one of my coworkers came up to me and she just expressed um, gratitude and just said how much it made her day and it truly made her feel really special and that moment just really means a lot to me and it reminds me of a quote from Dr. Seuss to the world you may be one person but to one person you may be the world and it's just this idea that everyone has the power to impact someone else's day or their life for the better whether or not you're aware of it which is very much like what Nancy's story where she mentioned the I forgot to say thank you. So this is what truly brings me joy and what inspires me to continue with this work. And I think what also I find so rewarding and and encouraging about the whole experience is when my manager actually shared with me that individuals from another pharmacy department had actually developed their own sort of quote-unquote happiness committee after they had heard about the work that we were doing for our staff. And I think that just is very inspiring and very exciting. 
for me to hear. Has that helped tangibly with the uh, the burnout among your staff? I would say it has. And I mean, whether or not I'm aware of, of it or not, you know, with COVID and everything, it definitely has made things challenging just because we, you know, had lots of sick calls and people are working extra hours and working doubles. And so people are visibly very tired. But I, I want to say yes. They have expressed to me, you know, such gratitude and, you know, even just seeing the smile on their face, like you can tell that it definitely made their day. Um, so, yeah. Was burnout a problem before COVID in, in the, the circles that you run in? I feel like after COVID, it only seemed that burnout was more talked about, maybe because it was maybe more okay. Like that's kind of how I felt about it. It was more okay to talk about in terms of like burnout and especially in healthcare. And I even noticed it more so just the fact that my organization that I work for, we are seeing more and more emails about mental health resources. And, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, they do provide um, information and outlets for you to, you know, discuss whatever you need to to help manage with um, burnout. So, I want to say, like, it, it sounds like it's more prevalent, but at the same time, I feel like maybe it is because people feel more, like, it's more acceptable to speak about it. Do you think that's permanent? We're two and a half years into this thing, and once things get back to normal, are we going to forget about burnout at the workplace? And we'll go back to where we were maybe five, ten years ago, where... Um, supervisors are not paying any attention to it because they're getting pressure to, you know, you're, you're getting more patients. We got to take care of the patients. You know, we need you to work. We need you to work. We need you to work. I mean, I I hope it's not the case. It's hard to say, right, at this point in time. I think that with the resources out there, I'm just hoping that you know we can continue to sort of encourage and promote a healthier work environment and a better like work-life balance. So I hope that it stays, you know, going in this more positive direction. Was there anything I didn't ask about or what we didn't touch on that you wanted to, to touch on before we finish? I think discussing why connection is so important. I would say that it helps build a shared identity, um, a shared understanding and empathy. It improves well-being. It encourages um, strategic planning, quality of decision-making, everyone moving in the same direction. So it not only improves your performance, but the team performance. We go back now to the founding theme of this podcast, how and where do we find joy for ourselves and for others? This is Nancy Murphy. So for students, we tried to offer multiple opportunities to have them become in activities that help reinforce their sense of purpose and joy in choosing a health career. I think community outreach, like Patricia mentioned, was one of our favorites because it gave them a chance to interact with the patients in the community. Um, Faculty staff were given training on how to recognize signs of stress and burnout so early intervention could be given too. And then we uh, gave students a strong voice into determining ways that we could improve our services. Their ideas um, that they came up with, such as the Diversity and Talent Show, creating a wellness challenge website, and Spirit Week were very successful. They also made suggestions to the schedule. So, for example, our all-student hour and the exam schedule that benefited their peers. 
There were also courses and topics introduced into the curriculum, such as interprofessional electives that focused on mind and body wellness. So those were just some of the things that we tried to do to help promote joy. There are a lot of strategies that have been developed. And thankfully, the Surgeon General has considered this a priority and developed a um, report that I think we're going to have attached to the podcast. And many of the associations have the developing program on burnout and resilience, um, compassion fatigue, and those kind of things that I'm really glad to see happening. But I think that the important thing is to realize that your connection to work is very important as far as not only the people, but the organization and the community. Making sure that um, we look into that and support that is really important. For folks who are thinking about burnout at work and uh, they're worried about, you know, could our company do more? Can you give people advice for maybe how they could get their their supervisors and others to pay more attention to the the idea of burnout? For me, um, I was hesitant at first to like approach management. So I think first of all, I guess just expressing that burnout is sort of a problem just because, you know, it affects attendance and sick calls and that sort of thing. So I think just even expressing that it is a concern amongst the employees and then just, you know, starting from there and letting them know that maybe there could be areas of improvement to help with the morale and just sort of the workplace like happiness. That's Trisha Chung, a pharmacist at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. We also talked with Nancy Murphy, a retired associate dean at the University of Washington School of Pharmacy. We thank them for participating, and we thank the following individuals for their invaluable contributions to this project. Dr. Barb Richardson, nurse, educator, and interprofessional champion. Cameron Cup, the creator of the Finding Joy musical score and a current enrollee in the WSU Elson S. Floyd College of Medicine. Washington State University staff for marketing and communications, from financial services, and the Collaboration for Interprofessional Health Education Research and Scholarship. And Claire Martin-Tellis, the original executive producer of the podcast, and student intern Solène Areff. They developed the first five episodes of Finding Joy. This episode was produced by Doug Nadvornik. If you're interested in sharing your perspective about well-being as a healthcare professional or you'd like to reach out, please contact our team by sending an email to medicine.ipoc at wsu.edu. We encourage you to visit our website at opioideducation.wsu.edu forward slash about. Thank you for joining us. I'm Doug Nadvornik.